0: hello and welcome to another episode of the Grown grief podcast my name is stephanie and i am your host i am so glad to have you back for episode six and today we are going to talk about elizabeth kubler ross's theory of the five stages of grief i really was struggling with what to talk about in this particular podcast because again, it's a solo one and I feel like I'm do so. i so much more comfortable when I'm actually talking to somebody. And so these solo ones are a lot harder for me to think up of what to talk on. And honestly, as much as I want this podcast to be a place and a space for people to share their testimonies and what they've gone through, how they've navigated it in order to help other people in their grief, I also do want to give practical information and tips to help people navigate grief as well. So today we're talking about five stages of grief and I have my notes here with me. So if you see me looking down, that is why if you're watching on YouTube, otherwise, if you're just listening, you can't see me. <laughs> okay. So first up denial. So this is a an avoidance, confusion, shock, fear to whatever it is that you are going through. This could be a death. It could be a loss of a job. It could be marriage ending. Whatever it is, anything that is essentially traumatic in some capacity um, can create any of these five stages of grief. So ultimately, you're be you're unable to accept. The reality, again, this doesn't just have to be in the sphere of losing somebody through death. It can be multiple things. The Oxford Dictionary actually defines grief as a deep sorrow, especially that is caused by someone's death, and just below that definition is another definition, it's an informal definition, which is a trouble or annoyance. So again, grief can be either deep, deep sorrow, like going through the loss of somebody, or it can be a trouble or an annoyance. That's denial. (laughs) Next up is anger. It's frustration, irritation, anxiety. Um, These all kind of fit under the anger anger bubble. And I remember when I lost my mom, I remember, okay, in particular in high school, this is something that I really struggled with. So I would really have a hard time when my peers would sit and complain about their parents and especially their moms in particular. I really struggled with this because I felt like you don't even know how lucky you have it. You don't even understand how blessed you are to still have your mom, to still have you know, both of your parents, even if they're not together, even if they're divorced, still have your parents around to help you and to support you. And I just, I guess I viewed them from my place of lack and my place of not having my mom. And so I really, really struggled when I would literally get to the point where my blood was boiling on the inside, when people would be complaining about their moms in particular. So that kind of, gives you the anger <laughs> anger side of things um next up bargaining struggling to find meaning reaching out to others or telling one story and I'm not entirely sure if this is bargaining or denial for me but I remember when um after my mom passed away I remember thinking like if I would have just paged her that day if I would have just paged her she would have called me. She wouldn't have been driving down the freeway. She wouldn't have been killed. And for a very long time, I felt like her death was actually my fault. And I struggled to accept that it wasn't my fault. Um, it was It was hard because that day in particular, I don't know if she sensed that she was going to die. I don't even know if that's a thing. But she like called so many family members, so many friends that day in particular, and it was as if she was saying goodbye to everybody, but like without them knowing, she was just calling to chat, see how they were doing, talk to them briefly, and then kind of, you know, essentially said goodbye, and they kind of got that closure, and I really struggled for a very, very long time because I did not get a phone call. And I never felt like I got that closure with her. I talked to her. So she died on a Friday. I talked to her. I think it was Thursday, so it would have been the night before. I did talk to her, and um, we, you know, talked about how I was going to be going out there, and I'm gonna—I was going to be visiting her. and I, at the time, I was going to year-round school, and so I was off track. So I was going to be going out and visiting her for a week, and. So we were kind of just talking about our upcoming trip and then she passed away the next day. And I I had the urge to page her and I didn't. I was getting in a lot of trouble for using the phone without permission and nobody was home, so I just, I didn't. I didn't page her. And I mean, there's so much within me that just regrets not paging her and not getting to have that one final goodbye. But one of my really really dear friends just recently her and i were talking about this and she recently told me she was like you were probably the goodbye that was just too hard for her to say and that's probably why she didn't call and i like to think that that's true i hope that that's true (laughs) but at the same time it doesn't make it any easier knowing that you know everybody else got got a goodbye but but me Which leads me to depression, Uh, an overwhelmed feeling of helplessness, hostility, or flight. And it's funny because I'm only now realizing that for so long I put on the brave face, I wanted to be the strong one, I felt like, you know, I needed to be there for my grandma in particular. Um, when my mom passed away so yes I cried yes I was sad but it was just like I felt like I had to swallow all all of my emotions because in and without trying to disrespect my grandma in any way because that's not what I'm trying to do but my grandma very much was like she was my daughter nobody else can mourn Noreen which was my mom but me like that's how I felt so even in losing my mom like she was my mom she was just like yeah but she was my daughter like if her grief was any more deeper than mine and and i'm not saying one type of grief is different than the other like i know i don't know what i'm trying to say but i just remember feeling like i couldn't feel my feels i couldn't feel Sad. I couldn't feel hurt. I couldn't feel upset without upsetting my grandma. And so during that time, I really stuffed all of my feelings and all of my emotions down. And I was very, you know, I really only cry a couple times a year because I just, it was, you know, once your brain is kind of trained in a certain way, it makes it hard to go outside of that training, if you will. Um, In, I'm trying to remember what book it was, but there was a book that I read. uh, I think, I want to say it was Atomic Habits. No, 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 maybe not. Anyway, I don't remember what book it was. (laughs) Something about mindset though, I do know that. I think I I will have to come back on another podcast and I will tell you what book it was because I'm going to have to look it up. But they talked about neural pathways and how essentially they use the visualization. If a dog is on a leash and just running in a circle over and over and over and over and over, it creates this like divot in the dirt and this like impression into the dirt. And the more that it goes in that same pattern, the deeper that crevice if you will goes and so our brain is a lot like that where the more that we think and the more that we do and we've created these pathways from very early on the the deeper these crevices are within our neural pathways i think i'm getting this right i hope i'm getting this right um again i will have to come on another podcast and talk about this again because i just want to make sure it's right but anyway Growing up, I always felt like I I couldn't cry. I wasn't allowed to cry. I wasn't allowed to feel all the feelings because I was very very I'm very much an emotional person, and even still to this day, I'm very much an emotional person, and and my daughter is the same way. And I remember feeling like I couldn't be me. I couldn't feel my emotions, and so I really limited what i would feel and i could feel and so now at 40 years old i'm unpacking all of this (laughs) truly toxic way of thinking and um trying to not just undo these toxic beliefs and traits that i've had growing up but also Doing better for my kids. And this is a completely side note, not anything to do with depression. But this morning I actually had a revelation that, like, for my mom, or at, if you're like me, where you grew up in a home that was where like a parent struggled to show their emotions, or maybe it was a difficult home to grow up in, I really believe that it's likely that your parent was parenting from their insecurities rather than to make you secure so i know that with my mom and her mom they had a difficult relationship and then my mom and i had a difficult relationship but it was as if she was passing on those same insecurities that she had from her mom onto me and I don't know if it was necessarily intentional or if it was just because she didn't know any better or if it was just trying to raise me in a way that would please my grandma. That, I don't know. I will never know this side of heaven. I will never, <laughs> never know, never understand. But moving forward, I am trying to do the opposite. I'm trying to raise my daughter so she is secure. she's confident. And regardless of what anybody else thinks, as long as she is not hurting anybody, (laughs) you know, being kind, truly being who I believe that God has created her to be and exhibiting, you know, the fruits of the spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, all of these things. I'm teaching her all of these things. As long as she is walking in that she is confident in what she's doing. I don't care what other people think. I don't care if she's the quiet one in the in the corner that doesn't say or doesn't do anything ever and is always so well behaved. I more care about who she is growing to be and being confident and not insecure because i can tell you i was that quiet little girl in the back that didn't say anything and didn't do anything and nine times out of ten it was because i was very insecure in that place or that thing that i was doing and so for me i am not just trying to undo my way of thinking but now flip it and raise my kids to be better especially my daughter especially my daughter um because i don't want her to have the same insecurities that i did growing up mind you she's sliding something under my she's sliding some drawings under my desk (laughs) under my door um last step so that was i know kind of not really about depression but you may meet my daughter right now um the next (laughs) one is acceptance that is the final fifth (laughs) stage of grief and that is exploring new options coming up with a new plan a new strategy or moving on and I will say that um, for me again I'm only speaking from my own personal experience grief has not been linear if anything let me let me draw it out for you this is what grief has looked like it has been a jumbled mess This is what my grief has looked like because there's my daughter. Um, My son went and grabbed her so she would come running in. So the screaming that you hear in the background, that would be my daughter. Um, But my grief has been a jumbled mess because as I am learning new things, as I am renewing my mind, as I am walking into who i believe that god has created me to be he's taking off these layers that i had put on or unknowingly put on and little by little he's healing and then it's coming back to the you know issues with my mom and losing my mom and navigating that so i can say for me the journey of grief has not been linear and more often than not it won't be for anybody else. I would be shocked if I came across somebody that they were like, yes, I went in sequential form. And once I got to acceptance, I was done. Like, I don't, I I would love to hear from you if you are somebody that has navigated grief in that capacity. I would love to hear from you. Um, but I think for most people, it's not. It is like the ocean. It just comes in waves. And just when you think you've, you've navigated it you've made it through you're good then another wave comes and then you've got to deal with it again and again and again but one thing that i can say is with each wave it's not as intense it's not as difficult to navigate but i still have to navigate it and so I think that's where we're going to kind of end for this particular episode. Cause I don't like to make these solo ones in particular super long. I try to do them between 15 and 20 minutes. Um, but yeah, one thing that I have found for me anyway, is that grief is not linear. It is a giant mess and it's like the ocean. It just, it comes in waves and, but each wave, as i've progressed in years i think now we're at 26 years since i lost my mom it's gotten easier and but with each layer of healing for me it's like i have to process my mom's death all over again and and it's hard it's really hard but i know that for each season of navigating it, I am becoming stronger and I am learning more and more about who I'm meant to be and who I was created to be and um, and ultimately how I can help bring healing to other people as well. And so that's, again, kind of why I started this whole podcast um, is because I do genuinely want to help people. I feel like there's so much grief in this world and honestly i feel like we're all just walking around with massive amounts of hurt and so many people don't know how to navigate that hurt and so a lot of times that hurt is projected onto other people and i think that if we could just get to the root of that that pain and that hurt and address it I feel like we would have so many more happy people walking around on this earth that want to help other people so again that is the end of this episode um i did want to leave for anybody that wanted it um as i was doing some research for this particular podcast i i came across psalm thirty-four, eighteen: the lord is near the brokenhearted and say saves the Christian spirit and that's one thing that I can say without a shadow of a doubt had it not been for my faith I don't know how I would have navigated half the things that I have to be completely honest with you and um yeah that for me that has made a huge huge difference is just my faith in God because I can't imagine trying to navigate this stuff on my own and i genuinely believe that he is why i started this podcast um and so i really do hope that it brings some kind of hope and healing to you have a wonderful day Remember, goodbyes are not guaranteed. I hope that this podcast watered your life so you can grow in grief today. If you have something that you would like to bring to my attention for us to talk about on this podcast, please email me at growingrief at gmail.com. Thank you.